In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino. And today, I know I say this every week, we have a very special guest, but this week, we have been, I I can't. I can't even express the amount of requests that we have gotten for this guest on this topic. So we have Jason Ree with us. He's a wedding planner and owner of Refined Company. Jason, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. No pressure, but I am so (laughs) thrilled to be here. I just realized I didn't even say what the topic is. Well, we're thrilled to have you. I'm so excited that I can't even speak. Look at that. Um, (laughs) The topic is vendor tipping. You guys, finally, it's here. We've touched on this in episodes in the past. We've talked about it here and there. But you guys always ask for a dedicated episode on working with wedding vendors, you know, hiring them and finding wedding vendors we're going to talk about. But we're really going to get into the nitty gritty of tipping your vendors, which some of you might be turning this episode off right now because it's not its not everybody's cup of tea. A lot of people didn't even know that tipping vendors was a thing. I know before I started getting into like wedding, planning my own wedding, I had no idea it was a thing. But it in fact is, and we're going to talk all about it. So before we do, Jason, I would love to hear, and our audience would love to hear, how did you get into weddings and how long have you been in the industry? Um, I've been doing weddings for 15 years. My first bride was actually somebody I used to go raving with. So we used to have fun. a lot of fun back in high school. Um, the wedding planner with Jennifer Lopez is actually what got me interested in weddings. And so oh, um, it comes full circle 15 years later, she's still trying to get married and I'm still single as well. <laughs> But uh, we do oh creative, you know, we, we specialize in creative events and design. Um, and I've been working in LA for, I guess, the last like 10 plus years. And we travel and I love doing destination weddings with my couples. But we also work with a lot of corporate and social clients. And, um, you know, really for us, it's about creating a, an amazing experience for our couples and giving them that dream experience. Um, but making sure it also looks impeccable and, you know, no one else has done it yet. So that's kind of the goal that we try to achieve with all of our couples. Oh, well, and that it does. I was, of course, stalking you on Instagram before this, and I was like, wow, gorgeous weddings. So tell us about Refined Company. When you say we, is that you mean your company and your staff there? Yeah. So um, I actually recently just got a new business partner, Christina Lee. Shout out to Christina. Uh, But I've been doing weddings for 15 years. And then last year, well, during the pandemic, we obviously stopped everything. So for about Mm -hmm. two years, we just kind of got together, built some new systems, and then we are revamping the website this year. So we're really excited about that. 
Um, but really, you know, I, I think what we're figuring out after 2020 and everything that's been going on with all the conversations is that people really care about the experience and people really care right. about what they're giving to their guests. And so for us, that is our biggest um, driving force is creating experiences that feel so amazing for the guests, but also, you know, I know that wedding planning is stressful and it's supposed, it's, it's designed to be stressful. So we just want to try to make it a little bit more fun and enjoyable for our couples. And that's kind of where, you know, I come in with all the glitter and make sure that we have a little laughter as we chip away at this giant budget. I love that you focus on experiences because that's one thing I always tell couples. I mean, just again, and you guys know, I always say I am no expert in wedding planning. That's why we bring on experts like Jason to talk about different topics like this. But I love that you guys focus on experiences at Refined Company because I think a lot of, you know, you talk to a lot of planners and event designers that are really just focused on aesthetics and photos and how everything looks. But like when it comes down to it, I always tell brides, like, put your budget behind the guest experience and most importantly, you as the couple's experience because at the end of the day, nobody cares about what flowers you had on the centerpieces if they didn't have a good experience. So yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And also no discredit to you. you. I mean, you are experienced, you did it. <sighs> so I think that's Thank the you. beautiful thing about this industry is, is really the experience comes from doing. And again, when I first started, I made many mistakes, you know, a lot of woes to get to the wins of my business. And I think that's kind of what we um, in the wedding industry have to kind of also understand is that we're in the business of humans and people. So we're totally. constantly evolving. Things are constantly changing. So uh, reading all of those blogs and things like that from helpful resources like the not are super helpful, but also mm -hmm. life changes and experiences changes. So I think just keeping kind of conscious to that and then ultimately never forgetting like this is your wedding day. So like, mm -hmm. let's honor what you and your fiance want to do. And then, you know, if it's navigating your parents and navigating all the family and then those, you know, bridesmaids and groomsmen that just always have an extra tip of information that you didn't ask for. It's like, mm -hmm. just focus on what is important to you and your, and your, you know, fiance. And that's, that's really the goal. Well said. Well said, Jason. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of, you know, focusing on you and what's important, we, we can't even get to that unless we're working with good people, right? Yes. So I love my little transition there. Um, so in your opinion, okay, so let's just talk about wedding vendors and, you know, working with them before we get into all the nitty gritty of tipping. Yeah. Okay. Let's say we just got engaged. Which vendors, in your opinion, should you hire first? I think first and foremost, it's honestly having a, a real good look at what you want to invest in your wedding you know, looking at your budget. Mm -hmm. And I know that's like a really stressful, anxiety-ridden thing to just do budgets in general, like having a budget in life, but also just really talking about what it is that you both want to spend and what the actual realistic number is. And then from there, if you have the opportunity to hire a professional, I would definitely start by getting a great planner. You know, it doesn't have to be me, but there should be <laughs> somebody to help navigate you through all the different things. But again, if you you know, for all the couples that do it themselves too, you know, this isn't an, an advertisement to not do it yourself. Because ultimately, if that's where you're at, that's fine too. But then just making sure that you have all the resources. And I think, you know, finding great, great professionals like a planner at the beginning and, you know, 
if you're not going to get a planner, then finding a venue that can kind of include it all that, mm-hmm. you know, may fit better with your budget, but you know that you won't be able to bring in 12 different vendors for things. I think those are kind of all important and crucial when you figure out what number you want to spend and that being like first and foremost, and that way you can navigate through, you know, reaching out to those people via you know, Instagram or using the not marketplace, which is super helpful and has all of the vendors that are qualified um, in one place for you to look. I think those are kind of the the key things, but finding a great planner, um, it just saves you a lot more time. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that you also have to take into consideration is, are you willing to invest the money to save the time so that you can then be present and enjoy the process? Or if you want to do it yourself, that's fine too. But then just know that you're right. you're going to be kind of robbed of the experience because you have to do the planning. I used to be so pro do it yourself in like 2019 when we first launched <laughs> yeah. Betches Brides. I was like, you guys could do it. Like I'm going to do it when I get into my planning process more. And and then literally I got into my planning process more and I was like, oh, nope, I need a planner. I yeah. need somebody to guide me along the way. Um, but speaking of that, I know you mentioned the not marketplace. I mean, I used that to find a bunch of my vendors. I used word of mouth, of course, too. I talked to people, but I think that is such an underrated tool. Can you tell us more about like, you know, what, how to, what, any tips you have for vendors or for couples to find ideal vendors? Let's say they are starting to look for that planner first. How should they go about that? Go to the not.com and and check out the marketplace. But also, you know, I think, I think everybody now has their own network, which is really great too. And obviously with social media, when I first started in weddings, there was no Instagram. There was really Mm -hmm. no database other than the phone book. I just dated myself, but that's really what it was back then. Wow. Yeah, it was like a full-blown binder. Vintage. like with Yeah, vintage. <laughs> vintage. <laughs> yeah, totally vintage. And so, um, you know, utilizing things like that, because again, you know, I want to be very specific. Mm-hmm. I think DIY, I call it DIY or die, because it's one or the other. It's really, really challenging. And when you understand why people charge the way they charge, it's because of the time, the labor, the experience, you know, finding somebody that has made something 70 times before versus doing it yourself the first time, you obviously know there's going to be a difference in the product and the amount of time that you commit to it. But I don't want to alienate those DIY brides out there and those DIY grooms out there because, you know, that that's also part of it. And if you have the luxury to find people to help you and be able to utilize that, that's great. I started by working within my own social circle and finding people that were willing to give me an opportunity to plan their wedding so that I could build my business. And I think Mm -hmm. that there's always new talent out there that are eager to learn, but be cautious and careful about what you're paying for. Because when you find people that are saying, oh, I can do day of coordination, there's no such thing as day of coordination because you do not want somebody to come the day before your wedding to download the year that you've been creating this in your mind and then somehow be able to successfully run that for you. So keeping the kind of those little tips in mind, but I think the marketplace is a great place to start. It's got qualified vendors, uh, qualified creative partners, and it also just gives you a place to start. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the homework part of this of planning is also a moment. It's a thing. So just keep in mind that like, you know, you are going to invest time in it and it is going to take you time to go and find the right people, reach out, ask the right questions. And even the wrong questions, there really is no wrong question when you're investigating your creative partners and your, your vendors for your wedding. Because again, the whole point is you want to make sure you express what you want and then you're able to get what, you know, you want for the big day. 
Totally. And on that note, like when brides are and, and grooms too, you know, yeah. not just brides. I know. Brides, um, grooms, all when the everybody's <laughs> every yeah, any anyone's looking for vendors. So how does the process work? I think just like really let's like dumb it down for people that haven't even started planning their weddings. Does it work? Do you have does does it typically have like a first phone call where, um, you know, you're doing like a consultation or do you meet a couple times before officially signing with the vendor? Um, I think yeah, I, I'm, well, I think with COVID, everything changed to Zoom and to doing things digitally. So, you know, I think a great phone call is always a, a consultation call. It should always be a minimum standard for anybody. So if anyone's trying to charge mm-hmm. you for a conversation, then they may not be the best fit for you. But yeah. I think just figuring out, you know, again, if you've now figured out what you want to spend on your wedding, and even if you don't know what you want to spend, obviously, that's a, a great thing to lead with, with certain parts of the planning process. But I would definitely, mm-hmm. um, you know, reach out and see and, and again, also identifying what part of the, of your wedding is priority for you. So like, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a bride or a groom, that's just been like, I've been obsessed with this photo, and I want this photographer, and this is who I want, I would definitely reach out to them first to see a when they're available, and if they can fit into your budget, and so that you can lock them in, and then build totally. the wedding around that. But I think, you know, a lot of times people rush to find a venue first, and then they figure out that, oh, after they book the venue, they have no money left to do anything else. So I think just totally. figuring out, again, what you want to spend and what you want and then leading it from there. Um, and then, again, if you have the the opportunity to work with the planner, um, really having them help you navigate through the process because that's really our job to help you. 100%. That's really like – I remember I hired I, – I did this all backwards. I hired my planner like after hiring some of my vendors. And I remember being like, oh, I wish I had you to help me with – my vendors like this. I, it's yeah. just so nice to have that planner first because then they tell you good vendors they've worked with and recommend some and help you through the prices. And and another thing. Okay. So one of the biggest questions we get about hiring vendors, people want to know, is there any way that they can negotiate prices? Or is it rude to like, do vendors hate when couples do that? Well, I think it depends. So, and this might be a controversial topic, but you know, everything I've is been around in this, weddings, yeah, honestly. I've been doing, right? I've been working for 15 years. So, there's been weddings that I've done for pennies, and then there's been weddings that I've not done for pennies. And I think, I think figuring out again, if there, for me personally, if there was something that incentivized me to want to work with you, that's always a big plus. But now mm-hmm. that we have influencers and all these different aspects of planning weddings too, we've we've kind of heard it all on the vendor side. We've all we've heard like how many times you're going to post it, and so we don't really care about mm-hmm. that. And I think after 2020, with everything fees going up and and the the cost of labor and finding good labor is also so challenging right now. That if you mm-hmm. find an artist, if you find somebody that you connect with, most likely the rate they're giving you is the rate that you should try to receive. And then again, if there's hard cost items, like finding that perfect dress, but maybe finding the one that's, you know, I know dress is important, God forbid, but, um, you know, figuring out those kind of costs that you can kind of maybe adjust and work with. But I think, you know, when you want to find good talent that requires the actual artist to be there, that's where you want to be very careful with the way that you negotiate because at the end of the day, they can easily just tell you, no, that doesn't really bring me joy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And that 
helps line it out. Let's say there's a couple that's like, you know what? You're our dream photographer. We are obsessed with your work. I've been had my eye on you for years. I just can't afford $4,000 for eight hours, let's say. I have no idea. I mm-hmm. like, forget how much one was even. But let's just say that's it. 4000 for eight hours, that's their rate. And this couple's like, we really want you. What if, like, can we cut down hours? Is that a way to negotiate at all? No, because, do- I mean, I think, I think keep in mind, like, if a wedding day is, I think, a minimum of eight hours. I think if you'd be mm-hmm. with everything that you want to do prior to, during, and after, the last thing you want to do, and the last thing an artist and a photographer wants to do is say to you, hey, your four-hour package is up now. I know that you're about to cut your cake, but you only right. paid for four hours, so I'm going to have right. to go. That's like the last puts thing them that in we want to really do. Weird- Right, hundred percent. Right. And again, we if you're if we have been in business long enough in the wedding industry, nine out of ten times we're not really doing it for the money. We're in it because we love it, and that's mm-hmm. um, the part about the wedding industry too. That it, it is wedding and event planning is is rated number four, I think, in the most stressful jobs every year. Like on Newsweek, it's like number four, and it's like a stock image of a of a girl with a clipboard, and she's like this with a headset. That's like the most right. stressful job. So just know that like. We want to be there too. And we really want to execute totally. your dream vision. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of keeping conscious that, but with photography, for example, I have an, I have amazing photographers that go from 30,000 down to 4,000 to 2,500. Mm-hmm. And I think then it just kind of is a conversation where you say, this is my budget. And then if the photographer says, well, this is our minimum, then you say, okay, great. Do you have any second shooters that you may have that would be able to shoot for us that maybe have your eye? And then again, a lot of photographers now will offer a, a, like a different type of package with their second shooters. And then that'll mm-hmm. be same aesthetic, but not the artist that you want. And I think that's right. again, where you just have to have the honest conversation with yourself. Do you want to change that and compromise that? Totally. I think conversations like this for couples and brides are really helpful too, because I mean, I know before, again, to reference my personal experience, before I started really planning, I was kind of going into wedding planning being like, why is everything so expensive? And I think, you know, we make jokes about that all the time. It is expensive. It is. Like, but don't, I think once you think about it as like, don't go in as the angry couple, like you want to plan this wedding, but everything's so expensive. Why are these vendors charging such high prices? Blah, blah, blah. Like they have their reasons for charging the prices that they charge. They're like, it's like any other job. Like I work for Betches Media. I'm not going to give them a salary range that's lower than what I think I'm worth. So think, you know, think about something like that. Like if you frame it in that mindset, I think it's going to be a lot easier for you listeners out there to work with these vendors. And, you know, like Jason's saying, you can pick and choose and prioritize what's important to you and move your budget around that way so that you can afford certain vendors. And then, Maybe you can't afford some or honestly, when in doubt, just cut down your guest list and then you can afford all the vendors you want because yeah. guess, we sell all tickets. know. Sell tickets to the wedding. Who cares? <laughs> no, but I, I, that's, such, that's such a great point though. But I also don't want to – I do want to highlight the fact that, again, it's, it's designed this way to be overwhelming. So just keep in right. mind like you feeling all those stresses, that's, that's part of the process and, and to give you mm-hmm. a little empathy like – 
unless you are doing wedding planning as a, as a, or you are in the wedding industry, these are all things that you have to kind of figure out by doing it. And that's, again, going back to just making sure that you build the right team to follow you throughout this like battle of wedding planning. It's, it's, you just want to build a solid team so that again, on the day of the last thing that you want to experience is somebody saying to you like, oh, well, I know that you did this, but you didn't pay for this. So, you know, we're not going to include this right now. Because again, that just, yeah, no. I can't imagine what that must feel like for somebody who's wanting to float throughout their day. And so, you know, but again, shout out to all those brides and grooms that are doing it themselves, because it is so much work. I know because mm. I do it like, you know, eight to 10 times a year now. <laughs> 100%. The DIY brides, they're another breed and yeah. more power to them. We've, I've interviewed a couple <laughs> of them on here and I'm like, they had to order the wholesale flowers and they, you know, enlisted their whole family. And it's like more power to you, girlfriend. Cause I, I just, I can't. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so on the on still on the topic of, you know, working with vendors and stuff, what can brides expect to be seeing in typical vendor contracts? I know there's things like cancellation clauses, there's usually a deposit. What are things like that and, you know, what do they mean? How do we know what we're looking for in these contracts? I think looking for the actual services and making sure that that is outlined and detailed out. So let's just use photography, for example. I think finding mm -hmm. out when the album and the, when the photos are done, those kind of deadlines are really important to know. Um, but also with COVID and without COVID, you know, we have a bunch of COVID clauses and now deposits are based on not just saving the client or holding the client for work. It's holding the client for that specific date. So keep that mm -hmm. in mind too, is with COVID and everything that happened during that 
you know, two year where all everyone forgot about the wedding industry. Um, mm-hmm. Keep in mind, like when you are locking in certain things, it could be contingent on the date that you're locking in. Because again, some of these people don't, you know, some of these vendors are not multiple day bookers. Like we only book eight weddings a year. So that's, that's our cap. We're not going to do any more. And then some photographers will only do, you know, six weddings a year or they'll do one wedding a month. And so keeping in mind, like when you have those dates and those changes come up, to always make sure to, uh, you know, clarify before you change dates and you roll stuff out without figuring mm-hmm. out if your whole vendor team can go with you on that new date. That's really important in contracts right now. That's key. I know yeah. myself and a ton of other brides were able to, fortunately, our vendors were saints out there. And <laughs> my vendors were like, sure, we'll pick up and move. We all are free on this day. It was a bitch to find the actual day. It was like a yeah. puzzle from hell. Oh, my gosh. But... Just because, yeah, this was all in the midst of COVID, but that's so interesting. So all the 2022, 2023 brides, like, yeah, look for that. Like, just know that it might not be as easy to change the date. 100%. Wow. And again, there's so much talent out there. There really is amazing, mm-hmm. amazing talent out there, especially in the photography world, cinematography, like all the artists mm-hmm. that are now joining in the wedding industry, it's there's so much amazing talent out there that it does take more time. But, you know, I always tell with my couples, too, if they're not happy with the, you know, 10 venues we've looked at, I have no problem looking for more. I love working with people that I work with consistently, but I also love working with new talent. And I think it's super important yeah. that we... Um, you know, as just a creative community, we also foster that kind of, you know, that kind of energy of giving back and making sure that other people want to join our industry, then let's open the doors and not be, you know, it's community over competition, right? Totally. And I, I don't get me wrong. Like, obviously you're going to get the best service from a wedding venue or vendor that's been around for years and years because they just have experience. That's like any other job. The the more experience is usually the best output. But sometimes I tell people like my videographer was brand new. She like would just was really good at creating like vlog style videos, which was kind of the the aesthetic that I wanted. Yeah. And my wedding video is like my favorite thing for Amazing. my wedding. So yeah, I mean, it's I, I love that point, just like opening doors for everybody. Yeah. New, old. We should do another screening. Let's do a screening of your video. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. The audience is like, no, we've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> um, okay. On that note, our favorite topic. You guys have been giving me the chili pepper emoji, which just for Ooh. your context, Jason, that's that's when we mean it's a hot topic. I have them DMing me now which topics they want me to discuss. And it catches my eye because it's the red chili pepper. And I always see the chili pepper next to the words tipping vendors. So let's start off with which vendors should we be tipping? So this, again, this is, I think it's going to be case by case. And I know I'm going to try to answer all these questions in a way that makes your guests happy. But, you know, it really, it really will depend on what kind of vendors and creative partners you have and how many you have, right? So Mm -hmm. for example, I think a standard percentage of gratuity should be anywhere from 18 to 25%, depending on what we're talking about. But again, keep in mind, gratuity is a courtesy and it's a it's a privilege to get gratuity and we should understand that in the service industry. Um, so again, like, you know, 
make sure that again, it makes sense to what you're doing as well. So like if you're doing a $5,000 wedding, you know, and you're spending $5,000, people are not going to be expecting you to tip $100 for everybody. So I think just keeping in mind, like, let's keep it realistic to what your actual wedding is versus looking at a chart that says like, here are the percentages, and this is what you need to do. I think um, another really special thing to do is you can just ask, it really doesn't offend anyone for you to say, Hey, what's your gratuity procedure? What's your tipping procedure? Do you actually do that? Like, and sometimes people say like, Oh, please, it's, that's so weird. Or, you know, some people get a little bit uncomfortable about it. Cause I guess we all get uncomfortable about money, mm-hmm. but, um, I think that there's nothing wrong with asking, you know? And again, if it's a person, I think one of the areas that doesn't get a lot of love that should is our rental crews and the crew that comes in before and the crew that comes in after. So like we always try to set up a snack table with beverages and things like that. But I think those are all people that would appreciate a $20, you know, per person that's there moving furniture late. Like those are kind of the, those areas that I think, again, if it's a service person that's working and doing heavy lifting, that's, I think, a great area for, for gratuity. And then mm-hmm. asking the question, you know, sometimes it's in a contract, which is also a little bit easier. So you don't have to ask the question, but totally. there's nothing wrong with you asking. And I think that's something that maybe the wedding industry is, it is, it, it is an intimidating area, but if mm-hmm. they're the right type of people, they're not going to receive that question, be offended that you asked. Okay, you just blew my mind and I'm sure everybody else's with the with the notion that you can ask that because the way you framed it is so not weird at all. I think that's totally normal. It's you showing like before the big day you're planning yeah. ahead and you you want, you know, given that they do a good job and earn the tip, which is yes. also a good point that you mentioned. Yeah. Um given that they do a good job, you know, you're you're willing to tip them. So I think that's totally fine to ask. Yeah. The only awkward thing I think would be is if you ask them, they tell you, and then they do a terrible job and then you don't tip them. And then they get, right, right. And that's okay too, right? Like that's, if they really, really like do a terrible job, it's just did not fulfill your expectations at all. Like I personally think it's okay not to tip them in that case, but I, I don't know. It's kind of like when you... I don't, it, to me, it's kind of like when you go out to dinner, like you're not going to not tip your waiter at all. Like you're still going mm-hmm. to maybe give them a little something, even if they. Yeah. Awful. I mean, and I was like, I mean, I was a career server. I think I waited tables for mm-hmm. years and years and years and years. So I'm always like slightly feeling like I have to give 20%, but I'm also Asian. So I have that like extra layer of like, oh my God, I don't want to be the Asian that doesn't tip. So eight, right, you know, right. 20% <laughs> is like my minimum. But I, I yeah. definitely think it's important to also highlight those that are doing an amazing job because that's really what the gratuity is for. And then making mm-hmm. sure that, again, we're being ethical and like conscious to the ones that are actually doing the physical labor and work. I think those are two right. areas that I think are really important. And is this something that wedding planners typically like can help their couples do? Like, 100%. oh, you should tip this person this much. 100%. See, that's another. Yeah, that's another reason. I mean, we we usually will get like petty cash, or we'll do a reimbursement after. So it just depends on what type of planner that you're working with. Majority of our clients, mm-hmm. well, all of our clients are concierge full service. So we do from like the moment they think of something to the day after when you're having the brunch where they're kind of executing everything. But again, if you have even like a month of or a partial planner, it should be not an issue for you to be able to give them envelopes or you can work with them and say, hey, how many vendors do we have? How many staff do we have? And then from mm-hmm. there, you can prepare envelopes or you can do 
you know, I mean, now everybody's take like my valet the other day took Venmo. So it's like, you know, we, <laughs> Every, there's, yeah. yeah, people will receive the cash if you give cash. Okay. I love that you said the envelopes because is that the format that you recommend doing these tips in? Like, I like mean, you were saying the, the delivery staff and the rental people, yeah. it's like, well, I'm the bride, I'm getting ready, my hair and makeup, I'm not leaving that hair and makeup suite for, you know, oh, eight no, hours. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, you are, you are, that- you are in your castle. You are in your castle <laughs> yes. and we are doing the work for you. <laughs> exactly. So that you'd recommend just like pre-planning all of this, putting the cash aside, putting it in envelopes. Yeah. Doing that. And, and again, like, you know, I think cash is obviously king, right? People love mm-hmm. to receive cash, but I've also had clients that didn't have any cash that day. And so they, you know, a week later, once they're kind of settled into their feelings and all the chaos has stopped and all the family has gone back home, they're able to be like, you know what? We had an amazing experience with this person. Let's make sure to mm-hmm. give them a little something, give them a little extra love. You know, I think that's more than fine. And again, I think, you know, we want to be as we want to follow like business etiquette and like proper etiquette as much as possible. But again, this is a very creative industry. And I can't imagine anyone being upset that you're going to tip them, you know, a week later or a day later. You know, if anything, it's you should be grateful you're getting anything. Totally. That makes us feel better. Yeah. Because honestly, some of my tips definitely came a week later. Whoops, sorry, Vendors. <laughs> I mean, look, you got to count those envelopes that come in from the family. Maybe that's part that's, of it too. You, I mean, it's, yeah. it's completely normal. And I think that's, I, I wish that we normalized a little bit about the conversations of money behind weddings because it is totally a huge industry and we are very grateful to be working in this industry. But at the same time, it is not like all of us are billionaires. We are still working very hard and we're working with our bodies and we're physically there like schlepping and making sure that your day is perfect. Totally, totally. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so is this a myth that everybody out there says, oh, if they own their own business, if they're like on their own, let's say they're just a photographer who's by themselves, they don't work for, you know, a company, do you have to tip them or no? Or is it expected to tip them? You know, no? okay, for me, it's maybe it's flipped because I started in, you know, as a, as a small business, and I'm still a mm-hmm. small business. So we, we are like a handcrafted artisanal business. Um, I think it's if anything, a small business deserves cash more than than a corporate, you know, conglom- conglomerate that has health benefits right. and all the different things, because nine out of 10 times, you know, a lot of people don't even have dental. So it's like, if we can give them tips and gratuity, that's great. But again, I think keeping in mind that's because they did an outstanding job or that you were really happy Mm -hmm. with their services or they showed up for you in a way that was like, you know, extra special, you know, and I think we've all had great experiences with, with any of our, I mean, any of the services that we do. Um, but I think, I think, I don't know. I think that it's case by case too, where you got to really look at the person that's running the business. If they, you know, live in a penthouse, like, you know, that's great. But, you know, if they're a small business and they're, you know, working job to job, I think that they would definitely appreciate that extra love. 
Totally. And guys, just to give you context, like my, we keep saying, we keep referencing photographers, but like (laughs) my photographer, for example, works on her own. She's, her name was Alex Ashman. She's Alex Ashman photography. I think she now has an assistant or something, but it was just her. And she did such an amazing job. She literally edited and turned around a hundred plus photos like the night of my wedding for me for the bride's exclusive article and all this stuff. So something like that, I'm obviously tipping her, even though she is the owner of her own business. I, I agree with Jason. It's like that should almost, you'd almost want to tip them more. So I don't know. I think we hear a lot of these like myths around tipping. Yeah. That we're, and again, not to say to like, you know, as somebody who worked in hotels and venues as well, like it just because we're in a in a position at a property doesn't necessarily mean that we're also in the six figure income level. Mm-hmm. So I think just again, I think it's case by case, but it's also being kind of paying attention to who's really showing up for you outside of totally. the standard service and who's really you know making you enjoy your day and making sure that you are feeling like that you know fairy tale wedding that you wanted. Totally. Okay. So back to like the amounts. And I know this is, this varies based on everybody. You said 18 to 20%. 18 to 25, um, depending on. 25. Okay. Okay. 25. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, <Excuse> vendors. <laughs> Not trying to. 18 to 25. I agree. 500, and like, 500%. Again, Bob, 500%. <laughs> yes. And that's standard. Like, listen, if you loved your vendor and you're like, you know what? They deserve a 30% tip, you know, tip of whatever. But is that. I've seen things that say like, oh, but for but for the band, for example, if you have like a six person band, each of the each of the band members just throw them a fifty or throw them a twenty or whatever it is. Are there cases like that where it's like hard to calculate a percentage off the total and you should just hand cash to each person if that makes sense? Yeah, see, and again, maybe this is kind of where having a gatekeeper like a planner mm-hmm. or having a somebody to kind of support you in this. Cause again, keeping in mind that like the last thing you want is it to be your sister or your mom or your dad, or you're like, while, while in the midst of the wedding, they're like going around, like handing out, like, you know, trick or treating money. But I think, right. I think even with bands too, like when you look at the actual company, some are, some are from agencies and they get their rates and some are just independent artists that are coming together to put together a wedding. So I think it's really kind of paying attention to that. And I know it takes a lot of work, but if you care enough to ask the question about gratuity, then you probably care enough to just spend a little bit more time on it and, and mm-hmm. writing out, you know, how many people you have in the band. Cause you'll know that before your wedding day comes anyway, those are all things that will be finalized before the day of. So you'll have all that information and then you can prepare little cards and, you know, I've gotten amazing gratuities. I've gotten some really nice cards. And I think at the end of the day, even getting a card is amazing, but okay. making sure that again, fit to what they're doing and, and again, what access you have to investing in it. Like, you know, not totally. everybody, some people are lucky to even put a wedding together with how much it costs now. So keeping that in mind too, I think expectations should be that again, gratuity is because it went above and beyond. I love that. Are there any cases? Well, I guess that you answered my next question, which was, are there any cases where a vendor tip isn't expected? And I guess it's just kind of like, are there any vendors that don't expect? Obviously there's ones like, um, you know, hair and makeup, which I think that's like automatic tip. Like that's a service that's, they're sitting there with you. Um, But, you know, again, like the service people, like you said, the delivery people, are there any vendors that like never, we were never really supposed to tip? 
the not nice ones. <laughs> yeah, true. true <laughs> That's true. like the only one I could think of. Um, I don't know. Or again, like, like yeah. I, I, like officiant. I've heard of people saying like, oh, or a gift instead of a tip. Yeah. I think, that kind of thing. I think in reference to a gift or a tip, those are two very different things. A gift is okay. a gift. And a gratuity mm-hmm. is a gratuity, which is cash or a check or money. So I think those are two different things. If you want to do gifting, right. that's also very, very kind. And that's a gift, not a gratuity, um, which, okay. you know, might might help people kind of differentiate the two. If they're like, oh, well, should we give a gratuity or a gift? Unless you like know this person like really loves this gift. I think it's probably best to choose the 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 gratuity versus versus a gift but um yeah you know yeah that's like that's like us brides like on our registry we don't really want the <laughs> the vase yeah. from i don't know but we want the we want the cash no yeah, i'm just kidding yeah. we do the honey when we fund, register for something that's the, yeah. another great thing to utilize you know via the <laughs> exactly. not you can use their their the registry systems which now you exactly. can build packages and it's Cash, Amazing. but you know they're investing in in a in a honeymoon or in a massage. Yep. Those are those are brilliant. So what are types of gifts that couples have gotten? Like, if it is a really good gift, have you re- ever received gifts that you're like, oh, I really like this? Instead? I mean, I've gotten like a I've gotten like a Gucci fanny pack, which I thought was really okay. Cool. That then <laughs> sign me up. But then I, I actually like returned it and got two. I like put two. I ended up getting two Gucci fanny packs that year, so I merged them together to get a backpack. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so smart. Honestly, you'd use the backpack more. Yeah, but <laughs> now I'm, now awesome. now that everyone has a fanny pack, I'm kind of like, oh, should I've kept the fanny pack? Um, yeah. I mean, I I I love a gift that you know, has some sort of connection to what we were doing. So I got a record player from one of my couples and they had all vinyl for their wedding. So it was so, it was such a perfect gift because it, it was again, a gratuity would have been an extra thing. And I think they actually did give me gratuity, but they also gave me a thank Mm -hmm. you gift, which was a record player. So shout out to Susan and Dustin. It was an amazing gift. That's really cute. Yeah. That's, that's, but so thoughtful. Yeah. But I think in some cases, like you got you listeners out there have to weigh like, would it just make sense to give the twenty percent tip versus a, you know, yeah, go buy out and a like, Gucci backpack? Yeah, and like go out and like put all the energy into finding a, a gift too, because gift giving is stressful. I don't know. I don't know about you, but yeah. finding the right gift for somebody is also very stressful. No. Yeah. At that point, it's just yeah, you've got to. I would. I just do cash. Yeah. It's just so much of my I braid dead after wedding planning. So it's like just, yeah. Which, which, by the way, I think the wedding come down to please allow yourself time to come Mm. down before you go and like race off to another, you know. And again, I know that some people have done honeymoons right after and they don't regret it. And it's great. I always try to suggest people to take a little bit of time to breathe. I love the downtime. Yes. The downtime is much needed. Yes, you I have family coming in that, that weekend. You have a bunch of you are literally hosting. You are working the entire weekend just as much as mm-hmm. a lot of us are. We're we're still making you part of the experience, but you're hosting. So that's that's yeah. a lot of work. Totally. Last big tip question we had for you is what about trials? So hair and makeup trials. Um, I don't know what other te- venue tastings, uh, things like that. Are we supposed to be tipping at those? I think tastings. You definitely want to see if it's a, if it's the servers that are bringing stuff out for you. Um, mm-hmm. You can always ask the catering manager or the sales director, whomever you're working with, to say, "Hey, is gratuity included in that? In you know, in the tasting fee? Or if there's no tasting fee, then is gratuity included? Are they are the servers being taken care of?" And I think those are. Mm-hmm. The, 
those are the questions that when people ask me that I'm like, oh my God, like you're a good person. So like, if anything, it's going to make us treat you better. So I think- Ask the question. I love that. Yeah. I totally love that. Like we all stress, we spend so much time stressing over whether we should or shouldn't when it's really just fine to be upfront yes. and ask. Because yes. if you if you do have the intention to, if the answer is yes, then then ask because that'll just save you so much stress and time. And how refreshing to be real and transparent and authentic in this world right now. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And like, it's so funny because it's like we all try to be polite and beat around the bush, but it's like we all know this whole, the whole wedding industry, we're all just paying for these services. Like, there's, so, it's all about money at points. Like, obviously, it's all about love and marrying yeah. the love of your life, but like, you're paying for everything. It's like, just get straight to it and well, ask. And I think really what it is, is time. What you're paying for yeah. is time. And that's why when people say yep. like, oh, if you tell them it's a wedding, it's going to be, you know, marked up. It's not marked up because you say the <laughs> word wedding. It's marked up because we put more time into it. We yep. we spend way more time being empathetic about all of the different dynamics. And that's why when you can find people that can read your family dynamics and be able to navigate through that and support you. Hold you hold on to that. Yes, right? <laughs> and and because all of us have some really interesting family dynamics. So let's get into some of our fun games. We have unpopular opinions. So the first one is... You will regret 99% of things you spent money on. No one will remember the chairs. These are pretty harsh, I will warn you. They're always harsh. They're always uh, harsh. They're they're unpopular. <laughs> so do I do what? Oh, my gosh. It's so funny because I'm literally having the same conversation right now with one of my couples. <laughs> really? About chairs? or About, about chairs like, because we're talking so. about chairs that can now go up to $40 a chair. So when you think about that times 100 people, oh, you're like, do I really insane. want those wishbone chairs? But um, I agree that it is completely a, a decision made by the couple and it's what you both care about. That's what I would Mm -hmm. say. Now, if I had the choice, I would love to design and do a unique chair everywhere. But if a folding chair brings you joy, then a folding chair (laughs) brings you joy. Just know that I will not share that photo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think it depends like on the type of wedding. If you're having a backyard wedding, yeah, throw folding chairs out there. Like, you know, it's totally depends for, you know, I think the typical weddings, like those mid-range weddings, Mm -hmm. those... 100, 150 person weddings. I, you guys know my thoughts on, you know, decor. It's like you don't need a little sign everywhere. You don't need a ribbon tied around every post. You don't need the little things as much if you can't afford. I mean, if you can't afford all the decor, go crazy. Yeah. But chairs, on the other hand, Jordana and I, my old co host, the one of the co founders of Betches, we had a whole episode about how we think chairs matter so much. Oh my gosh, I in love the that. aesthetic. Like, literally, I just think chairs can change the whole well, reception. And also comfort. I mean, we've all sh- yeah. sat on a Shivari chair for like six hours, and it's, oh. it's maybe not as comfortable as sitting in like a $40 chair. But, you know, obviously, so who can afford a $40 chair? That's also a lot. To, I don't know if I can even afford a $40 chair times 200. So true. However many. One time, 
One time my sister-in-law was like, if you do shivari chairs, make sure you get the cushion. And I was like, what? They come without a cushion? Oh my gosh. They come without, and then they, they have Velcro cushions and also tie-back cushions. So make sure you oh, also clarify God. those two because some- Which one's better? I mean, I think aesthetically without the rib, like without the, you know, the frilly ribbon is whatever. But I've also seen some really beautiful shivari chair work where they put fabric in it and they weave it and it actually kind of transforms the aesthetic of it. So I, I'm not anti shivari because the shivari is actually the chair that was like mm-hmm. the peak chair when I started like X amount of mm-hmm. years ago, that was the hottest chair to be. So, um, <laughs> if you s- wait, what's the hottest chair these days or what's your favorite? <sighs> I mean, I think anything that looks like a chair that you see in a living room is probably what is so cool now, you know? And again, our, mm-hmm. we have amazing rentals, amazing rentals now available to people where you can if you dream it it can come up you can do custom you can do upholstered you can do all the different things so it's just about making sure you have the budget for it and again if you know if you want to do chairs and have no no bar <laughs> that's 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 a choice i love i love that you said um something that's in a living room because then I feel like it's like couples will pick exactly what they love and what they really like, like what they would want to put in their own living room. And then it won't feel like some, you know, distant wedding. It'll feel like your wedding. Yeah. You love those chairs. Absolutely. Even though they might cost you an arm and a leg. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Love. We could, again, talk about chairs forever. So I think we both disagree with this, that People might remember the chairs, or at least you will. I will. I <laughs> and sure I will. Have, we have our audiences. We have our audience um, vote on these in the Instagram yeah. poll, and seventy-five yeah. percent of people agreed that you will regret ninety-nine percent of the things you spent your money on. No one will remember the chairs. So interesting, you guys. I like. I do think you regret some of the things you spent your money on, yeah. but for me. I think my chairs made the aesthetic. If and when so. I get married, I'll let you know if I agree or disagree. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't wait to see which chairs you pick. <laughs> oh, okay. Next is silk bouquets are totally worth it and you can keep them forever. Okay. I We just actually had um, a wedding in Vegas and the bride, Crystal, she ended up picking um, really beautiful handmade paper flowers. So I love Ooh. it. I think I think if it's if it fits you and it brings you joy and it looks beautiful, then by all means, you don't have to use real flowers. Sorry, my amazing florists out there that are awesome. And now they work with <laughs> sustainability, too. So there's like so many different ways you can be conscious to the environment and do real flowers. Uh. But Nothing against the silk flower, but it is way more. It, it can actually get more expensive than using real flowers, depending on where you're getting your 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 faux florals. Interesting. Yeah. That's good to know because I think everybody thinks silk is less expensive than real. But no, I mean, go to my. I mean, even going to Michaels or Hobby Lobby or whatever you have in your city. Like, if you go and pu- pull a fake bouquet together, it's expensive. Fake flowers are expensive yeah. too. I I believe it. Do you? Do you usually see like the silk flowers or faux flowers being used in the bride's bouquet or do you see it in the other floral decor at weddings? I've actually not used it in the decor. Um, We've only used it in that recent wedding we did in Vegas where she had several pieces made and she wanted to then repurpose them in her home. And that's why she ended up choosing um, silk flowers. But uh, I mean, and again, like, and again, if you have guests that are going to complain about your fake flowers, then those are not real friends. Then they can complain from home because you can send them home. Absolutely. 
Send, uh, send the planner <laughs> out there to escort them out. Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to. Um, okay. So 56% of people disagreed with this and think, I guess, that you should be using real flowers. Mm. So interesting. Okay. The last unpopular opinion we have for today is you do not need to invite someone just because they invited you to their wedding. Is that something you do as a planner? Like, do you help with the guest list too? We do. We like help navigate through that conversation. I, I have my own personal, like for me, I think I would want to invite everybody and their mother. So for me, it's, it's, it's like just kind of a courtesy thing where I'm like, well, if I, if I knew you in my life, but I think when you start adding up how much it is per guest that you're really thinking about. And I know that when people put budgets together, they'll ask like, how much, how much is it per person? You can't really look at it like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you chip away at the planning phase and you begin to see, I am spending $90,000 so far divided by 160 people, which includes the mm. chair and all the different things. That's a big ticket. So kind of right. keeping that in mind. And so I always suggest doing a two tier guest list, um, doing a, a, a and B guest list. And once you start receiving some no's and you can put the bump, the B's up to the A's mm -hmm. and you know, you can kind of get more people in there, but I think it just really depends on who you want to celebrate with you. And the more intimate weddings I've done, to be honest, those have always been the best experience because you can yep. feel the joy and love there. Yep. I feel like the sweet spot these days is 100 people. Yeah. I, mine was more, but I just went to one with 100 and I got to know everybody. It was a destination wedding. Ooh. So, of course, like throughout the weekend and it just felt so intimate like by the wedding day i was like i'm best friends with every person mm -hmm. here it's so fun and like a even so. like a 60 i've seen some amazing Ooh. energies of a 60 to 75 but again that's that takes work it's 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 a machete mm -hmm. and you're and you're trimming that list yeah you're you're making enemies maybe <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the tit for tat, you do not need to invite somebody just because they're invited to your wedding. I think we all agree you don't need to. Um, but obviously, that makes it a lot harder. And if you're sometimes a pushover like me, you might just find it easier I to know, invite my, them. My guess list might be like 5,000. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Literally, it's like, <laughs> God dang it, I want to have that person, but I just don't want to pay. My Postmates driver is invited to my wedding. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, but I love the A and B list thing because that's kind of what I did. It's so funny though because it's like those B list people probably know that they're on because they never received a save oh, the yeah. date. It's like they, you know, but you just whatever. blame it on the planner. They're, Say the planner forgot to send their invite. Exactly, exactly. Or just blame it on yourself. <laughs> I'm all for a little white lie. We talk about this in like every episode. I'm like, just blame it on yourself. Be like, oh, I'm so silly i forgot to send a save the date but like you're invited here's your invitation and yeah so all right next game is save versus splurge really self-explanatory we basically say whether you think couples should save versus splurge on each of these and why um so the first one which I'm so curious about what you're going to say about this one. Renting nicer flatware slash drinkware versus using whatever the venue has. Should <sighs> couples I'm always a table save? topper. So I think you should always get table. <laughs> it's the first thing that people see when they come into the room. So like yeah. you definitely want to invest on the tabletop. If anything else, the tabletop. Because if they're going to see it, they're going to use it. Um, right. You know. But again, if you want a scuffed up Titanic, you know, looking flatware, then hopefully that's the theme. Hopefully that's the theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's smart too because they are – it's something they're picking up they're physically using. Like 
And I think like the other, uh, as opposed to, you know, draping the walls with fabric, if that's not like, I, somebody once said uh, one of we had a past guest we had was like, you know, spend more money and like aesthetic and decor where people are going to be spending more of their time Mm -hmm. and how much your guests are going to be like interacting with that thing. And I don't know, they're going to be interacting with their flatware and drinkware. They're drinkware for sure. Well, and that's where they take their photos. So you'll have all those stories, you know, of people like being like, oh my gosh, the wedding is so beautiful. So I think that's always a great place to look. And again, you have Mm -hmm. so many resources for flat, like tabletop now. You have some amazing, amazing brands out there that are out there, you know, doing specialties. So it's, it's great. I would say though, in my opinion... If the if the venue has decent mm. floor like t- table uh, flatware and drinkware, then like just use that well, and put more money into the experience. One hundred percent. And if the venue and that's always a great question to ask when you're walking through the venue, is saying, "Hey, what is included in that rental?" Like, and a lot of times True. these new venues have some amazing furniture. And but again, keep in mind that they may show it to you a year before and then know that that's the same equipment that they're using for the year mm. before your wedding. So just keep that in mind too, is if it's included a year before you may want to check in a few weeks before to be like, Hey, just checking in on that, yeah. on that inventory. That's so true. I think all venues that, that venues would up their value so much if they just purchased like more. I, I'm like, just buy it. Like they don't have as if they have unlimited funds to just yes. like buy the latest flatware and stuff. But like, I don't know. Vent. I I found that when looking at venues, I'm like, be more of a one stop shop so that you can charge more for all of that stuff. Because I don't know. Some of these venues were like, we have plates from the 1980s yeah. that are so ugly. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm already factoring that into the cost. Uh, and, you know? and that's a great job to give to whomever's helping you produce the event. If you can compare mm-hmm. and see where you need to bring in stuff that are going to be physically seen versus like the tables that you rent that are for the dining, where you're going to put a linen on it, then then use the tables that they have in, in-house. You know, those right. are all great ways for, again, piecemealing what you have in your overall budget and saying, okay, well, the linens outside, those maybe don't need to be specialty because that's for a cocktail hour and you're going to be there for 45 minutes and there's going to be flour on it anyway. Let's use the ones that are mm-hmm. included in the property. I love that. And that's why you need a planner to tell you all that stuff unless you're just really listening to every single <laughs> episode of this podcast. Um, okay. Experience. Oh, the next one. Should we save or splurge on experiences throughout the reception? So like dancers, cigar rolling station, photo booth, you know, all of those extra experiences. I don't even know what other ones are out there, but like. I mean, we've recently had some really fun receptions where they surprised the guests with a drag queen. Uh, Vicky Vox was amazing and she came out and did a whole (laughs) surprise moment. We had, I'm going to date myself, but the Dan band, we had him come out during the reception Mm -hmm. and do a surprise total clips of the heart song. Hold on. Is that the guy from The Hangover? Yes. yes. Oh, you had that at one of your yes, weddings? Yes, we just had it with Catherine and John. Shout out to them. Um, they they surprised <gasps> all their guests for their first dance. They come out and then all of a sudden Dan comes out and he like crashes essentially the wedding. And he's been in like Jason. Hangover old school, you know. Oh, all the different- let me just tell you, my dad is the biggest fan of him and literally like my dad full transparency the audience knows funded 
a good majority of my wedding. Not of all of it. We paid for a lot of it Shout too. Out to your dad. You know, yeah, love him to death. And I'm just full transparency. People are gonna come for me and call me spoiled, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Like I just I work hard and paid for a lot yes. of it as well. But um so the Dan band, I literally was like gonna be like, Dad, just get the Dan band. Like you you love him. You're the one who loves yeah. him so much. And then I think I looked him up and he was kind of Crazy, yeah, he's, as he you know, be. and again, and they, he's an artist, so he has his, his talent writer, and they have their requirements to be there. But he was so amazing, so nice. And then I had to tell him because he's in the wedding planner movie, and I was like, "This is a full circle moment for me because you're here." Oh, he's in the yeah, actual he's, wedding. He's planner being movie? fed a toast through the through the earpiece by Jennifer Lopez. Oh yeah. my goodness, that's I that is amazing. Yeah. Honestly, every if if one of you out there can afford him. <laughs> Please do. And then like, let me know. Yeah, prior, we'll put you so in touch. We'll I put can... you in touch with these people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So do we save or splurge, splurge on these experiences? Splurge. Okay. Splurge. Splurge on the Dan yeah. band. Splurge on the experiences. Oh my God. I love it. I will say like my friend's destination wedding had these dancers on the dance floor as cigar rolling station. That's where I got these examples, a photo booth. And it was so much fun to do. Like they had a DJ though. So as we know, like DJs typically can cost less than a band, a live band. So it's like, you know, they give and take with that kind of stuff. I think for me, music was so important. I was just like, I want people dancing. So we splurged a little bit on a live band versus all of these other things. We had a photo booth, which was great. But other than that, really no like experiences and stuff. So I don't know. I think, yeah, you can, if you have the money, splurge. Yeah. If you don't, don't. Okay. Live music during cocktail hour. Should we save or splurge? <sighs> I mean, I do love live music, <laughs> but I think, I think it's for 45 minutes. I think you, or it's usually 45 minutes or an hour. If you need that extra money, it could be utilized somewhere else. So maybe save. Totally. <laughs> Sorry, my live totally. musicians. I know. I know. As a vendor, you're like, guys, you have to understand Jason coming on and being so honest <laughs> and candid with us is so nice of him because he has people in the industry who are going to be like, what? But this isn't to say this is literally if you are in such a pinch and you can't save your splurge. Some people like, I mean, some bri couples out there want to splurge on live music they want a live pianist yeah. during cocktail hour because it fits their vibe so they're gonna purchase that it's this is just for the people who really are in a pinch and have to decide well, live music can, for splurge. Yeah, can really create an experience but like i said i did a wedding full of vinyl and it was mind-blowing amazing how different the energy felt having vinyl being played in a big space and so i just think it's got to fit That's to the couple so cool. it's got to fit to you so if you're not a live music person then save Wait, so the vinyl, like records, yeah, they I were don't playing know what the whole it time? was. It just, it, so our DJ, they, speci they specifically said just vinyl. So we did all vinyl for the music from like the grand entrance oh. all the way through. It's all vinyl. And the, the energy that it kind of creates, I don't know. There's just something magical about records. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very cool. And now you have a record player from yes. it. I'm so jealous. I want one. We'll send you one. Um, we'll send you one. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> so live music during cocktail hour. I think we say save if you need to, but if you can hire there. My I remember my planner recommended like who was it? Some it was like a really cool. Was it like a harpist or it mm -hmm. was like 
It was like a banjo. I don't know. Some there's really cool like live musicians out there that do weddings that do really niche instruments. It was literally like a fiddler or something crazy. Oh, amazing. Like that. Well, you know what? Actually, can I just say like if you end up doing a live or you want live music, then incorporate it into your ceremony so you can take advantage of that time block and say like, okay, oh. great. Like, cause again, some musicians may not be able to set up and reset. So like if your ceremony is in like a completely different era, you have to give time for that artist or musician to move into the cocktail hour placement. But usually, you know, depending on what kind of artists they are, they may be able to do a two hour booking where you have them do the ceremony for their part and then they go and they'll play the cocktail cool. hour. So again, like if live music is a focus for you, then find out all the options you can do for live music. And again, one more thing, like, you can always request a quote. You can always ask mm -hmm. to see what the price is. And I never, ever, ever um, turn down somebody who says like, oh, I would just want to know what the pricing looks like because I think it's always great to explore it. Totally. Oh, I, I fully recommend getting quotes like crazy. Just like that. I feel like that's that's the best way to like do vendor research and know what you can and can't afford. So awesome. Jason, this was so, so helpful. I cannot thank you enough for having this very important conversation with us. You were so authentic, so candid, which is all we really ask for ever. Where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me being crazy on Instagram at Jason Roars, <laughs> like a lion, R-O-A-R-S. And then I just launched a podcast similar to, you know, trying to be you one ah! day. So it's called The Reality with my last name, the and then Reality, R-H-E-E-A-L-I-T-Y. So you can find me on there. But I would love to have you on the podcast, too. Oh, my God. Oh, of course. And I would love to have you back on again Anytime. and again. And that's so – oh, my God, you guys. We could listen to Jason more and more. That's so <laughs> exciting. Thank you so, so much. Seriously, again, thank you. Cannot thank you enough. And till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.